Hello and welcome to Women Travel, a podcast about the places women have been and the things they do there and a very inconsistent publishing date. <laughs> uh, this is the last episode of the podcast and it is my privilege and honor to have on the show Miss Tammy Chenoweth. Mrs. Tammy Chenoweth, I suppose, is your proper name. You can just call and me mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, thank you for, for joining me on the show. Well, I'm honored to be invited. I uh, never thought you would uh, want to interview me, to be what? honest. Okay, so. no, why? Wait, <laughs> what's up with that? I think the people that, that you've interviewed have all done really amazing things. Um, and other than having you and, and your brother, I really haven't done anything very amazing. I call a big BS on that. <laughs> But yeah, we have traveled uh, to Europe several times. We've traveled across all the Northwest of uh, North America, but I was not invited on your most recent trip out of the country and that was to Israel. Yes. So tell me a little bit about, actually, when, when did you go to Israel? Uh, we went in January of 2016. He went in January 2016. And tell me about this, um, this little uh, book that you've been studying uh, <laughs> before this interview. Well, um, I like to take a lot of pictures. And I want to do something with the pictures when I get back, which is the hard part, I think. Um, I had... I think almost 2,000 pictures, and um, I had to edit those down to a manageable amount, and I made um, a hardcover uh, photo book, just um, noting some of the high points of the trip. I love that. I think that is one of the best ways to make people look at your pictures after a trip um, is like without having to put in all the effort of a scrapbook. Well, and it, it's better than uh, getting them to come over for dinner and then giving them a two-hour slideshow presentation. Mm -hmm. Looking at our grandparents right there. Uh, well, they'll catch you. Yeah. Like when you're sleepy and then they're like, let's put on a show or... Let's make you look at all of our photos that we haven't edited or filtered. This is just, we picked a random SD card. <laughs> um, gosh, I hope other people have experienced that. I hope that's a, maybe that's a common thing. I, I, I would think so. Right? Yeah. But it's. I hope not. I, like, I hope it's a common enough thing that, like, we're not the only ones. But I also am like, I hope it's not that common. I, I'm, if you get to see them at all. I think yeah. you get to see everything. The, the shot where the camera was held down at the ground or the one where it went off in their hip pocket or whatever. Um, mm. So it does take a long time to clean all those out of there. So it, was, it, it did take a while, but um, I'm pretty happy with the book. There's, there's the, the thinner books that um, I gave out to family and friends, and then there was the big hardbound book that um, I have. You want to walk me through your trip? Um, yeah. We, like you said, we've traveled quite a bit. Um, my husband, Lynn, doesn't tend to come with us. Um, he traveled a lot for work, and so he's not real keen on doing that. Um, so when this opportunity came up with the United Methodist Church here in Helena, the pastor was going. It was going to be one of her last trips to Israel, and she'd been um, four times already, I think. And my husband said, hey, I'd really like to go. Well, that was huge for me. And I was like, okay, because you, you said you might like to go. We're going to go. <laughs> and so then we made that happen. And it was, it was exciting. 
And it's exciting to travel out of the country with him as well. Gosh, there's so many things to choose from, especially with Israel, because there's so much food and so much history and so much geography. And this was a religious trip. Like, clearly you're led by the pastor, um, Pastor Marianne. Mm -hmm. Just want to point that out very actively. Like, this is a female-led trip, female pastor. Gosh, where to start? Um, so where did you land? Um, we landed in Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. and we got on a bus and immediately left Tel Aviv. So we didn't get to see much of that. We went up to Tiberias, uh, which is along the Sea of Galilee, and that's kind of where we stayed for the first several days and then kind of went out from there. This feels was, so formal. I'm like, just tell me what happened. Like, this is, oh yes, and then we went to here, and then I'm totally gonna make fun of you, because I'm just like, you are, you you kind of psyched yourself out, I think. Maybe a little bit, but this is, there's so much to talk about. It's such an amazing experience. Yeah, but you're, that, yeah. I could go, I just don't know that I would be consistent. That's what I'm afraid of. I you, want you to ask me questions so I can just limit my answer to that. Well, I, I okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, just tell me what happened. But, but and I know that you're afraid of offending people. And I'm just like, you're a woman. You're going to offend people just by existing. Um, but <laughs> That's true. And, and I'm okay to some extent. But again, most people or a lot of people go to Israel Mm -hmm. because of the religious history there. Mm -hmm. I didn't go uh, necessarily for that. I went for the overall experience. Like you said, Marianne um, Nelson was the, the pastor for the church. She was leading it. She'd been there before. I am so impressed with her. She used to be um, a Catholic nun. As she developed more, um, she then left um, the church, the Catholic Church, and, and then became a United Methodist pastor. So mm -hmm. her story alone inspires me. And I wanted to, to go and, and really get her take on a lot of the religious uh, sites that we were visiting. First of all, I want to like interject and be like, you have a whole thing about like wanting to run away and be a Catholic nun when you were younger. <laughs> yeah. Why was that? Well, I just... It seemed like they didn't have to deal with a lot of stuff. They could just go and study. And I thought that would be amazing to just go and be left alone yeah. and work in the garden, maybe produce some wine and study. Um, but that, in that's another not the way life, that works. Yeah. In another life, you were a French uh, nun. <laughs> maybe, but it would, not, it would not have been as glamorous by any means as, as my imagination mm -hmm. uh, made it at the time. Okay, so... Did you witness anyone having um, an epiphany or like a, a deeply religious experience? You know, it's kind of like when we went to Europe and we visited so many castles. After a while, you couldn't keep them straight. It was kind of like that for the religious sites because we went to traditional religious sites and then alternative religious sites, um, which was incredible and and again that was part of Marianne wanting to go to some of the other sites that um, more research is, is showing that maybe that was the actual site versus the historically accepted sites for Jesus's burial, Jesus's birth um, and a lot of those other things but when you walk into uh, you know four-story building and it's a big church and really Underneath all of it in the basement was Jesus's traditional birth uh, place. It, 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 everything's out of proportion and it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around it. Um, it they were all very um, 
impressive sights. But the thing I think that surprised me the most, and I wasn't expecting to have um, the emotional reaction I did, and that was to the Holocaust Memorial. Um, frankly, that blew me away. Can you describe that? Um, it, it just listed so much facts, and it was... Um, Is it like a museum? Is it like... there, there are stories, and there were pictures... Um, and, and you walked around and you just got the overall feeling of it wasn't just numbers of deaths, but these were people who died simply for being of a certain race. And it it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went into the memorial, which is a dark room with lights and children's voices. So it was the, the children's memorial at the end. Um, I, there wasn't anybody who didn't come out crying. Um, it, when we went to the Anne Frank house, um, most of the kids on that trip came out uh, unsettled. Mm-hmm. Um, this was that ramped up tenfold for me. Um, I think I started bawling within coming into the Children's Memorial just a few seconds, and, and it just progressed from there. It was extremely well done um, and very moving. And so when I'm thinking of all of the historic uh, Roman activity and stuff in Israel, I was not, was not thinking about the Holocaust. Yeah, I, I, it also felt a little out of left field, but very appropriate. Um, and I'm glad that, because this was a big group, I think, 40 people, is that the right number? I think there were 63 of us total, two buses. That's too many people. <laughs> but we were in, in two buses, so we were separated from them uh, for the most part. <laughs> That's not what we want to focus on. <laughs> no, I, I mean, but well, there was room, I guess. Let me rephrase that. There was room between the two groups uh, to get in and move around to all the sites. Yeah. Okay, I... I want to respect that but I also am dying to ask like what was the cheesiest stop that you guys made because like there's always especially in big groups that stop where you're like oh this person is making a 10% profit or something it's the tour guide's like money point that is silly and cheesy and might not even be legitimate um (laughs) there was there was one stop that and again, that this is because um, the tour guide had been there before, and um, the the tour guide in um, Israel um, were good friends mm-hmm. with Marianne and her husband has come over to Montana several times, so we weren't going to get taken advantage of like that. The one stop that we did make that was a little bit funny like that is we stopped at a candy shop. And we were allowed to use the restrooms there. And so they were friends, the tour guide and um, the shop owner. Um, But most places wouldn't have allowed a group like that to come in and use the restroom. We were allowed to come in and use the restroom. And of course, we all bought lots of candy, which was a win-win for everybody, I think. So is that, there's like the, is that where you got the pistachio cake? Yes. Okay. That thing was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do feel very fortunate that even though I wasn't invited to the trip, I did get to enjoy a lot of the food that you brought <laughs> yes. home and a lot of the recipes. So that was very cool. Um, and yeah, speaking of the food, can you like starting with the breakfast that was very unique? Um, can you describe that? 
I think um, coming from a landlocked state like Montana, <laughs> going to someplace that is so close um, to the Mediterranean, in the morning the breakfast table was full of fish. Lots and lots of different fishes, sardines, and, and fish just seemed to be in a lot of the, the dishes, which was a little uh, different for me. It was fantastic. Uh, wonderful. Uh, one of the things that I thought was extremely uh, good was the halva, and it's like a nut. It's better than Nutella, but Nutella is about the only thing I can say that's close to it, but it's more solid and you spread it on your toast and and that, I ate a lot of that. And, and um, maybe not so unique for a lot of other people, but persimmons, it was the first time I'd had one of those. They're and, like the little orange, they look like if you crossed a tomato and an apple and then it was orange. I guess so, yeah. I didn't know what they were the first couple of times I ate them. They're amazing. In fact, I loved them. Yeah. They were fantastic. Um, and then we had um, kebabs quite, quite often and the falafel was incredible. Um, and that was laid out there for every meal and really enjoyed that. But just the fresh fruit and the fresh seafood, um, it was wonderful. In January in Montana is snow on the ground and we don't get a lot of fresh produce. So it was just fantastic. You mentioned that the falafel is set out every day. What Can you expand on that? It, I think it's because it, they use different things sometimes in it, um, but it was available for most meals. So it's just kind of like bread on the side or? Uh, it, no, because it's, it's mashed beans, mm. I think. Um, it, it was just, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit like bread. You know, you put a roll on the <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah. I guess you're right. That's kind of, but it, I was just thinking it was fried, but it was oh. always there. Yeah. So mm, we really need some falafel. Yes. Yeah. There's not many good. I don't know. I want to be wrong actually. So prove me wrong. If there are good, uh, Mediterranean places or places for falafel, I don't know. <laughs> We have two Greek places, and that's as close as we get, really. Yeah, yeah. It was just the food, the fresh fruit and everything over there were, was just incredible. And the figs. Did you to try figs? Got and... to have figs. Yes, and those, and the olives. Oh, my goodness, the olives were amazing. Tell, Different me, kinds. tell me your whole olive, your olive journey. Uh, we went, we did go to an olive processing place, which was uh, just really tons of fun. But you didn't. You didn't used to like olives, so no, that journey. I, I didn't like olives because the only olives I've ever had come out of a can, and you stuck your finger your in it. Your fingers. <laughs> your witch fingers. And you ate them off your fingers, and they were black, and they were very bland and gross. <laughs> uh, eating green, fresh green olives over there. Um, and olive oil, um, having fresh olive oil was incredible. Um, it, that was just nice. I ate a lot of olives, which surprised me too. And now we buy better olives and we buy better olive oil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so better hummus, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then that's what's nice about traveling is that you, you think you know something until you go to a country that does it on a regular basis and does it right. And that's like, oh, well, that stuff wasn't olives. I don't know what I've eaten before, but that wasn't it because these are olives. Got me thinking about wine a little bit. Like sometimes you drink wine, and you're like, "That's not, that's not from a grape." Yeah, I don't know yeah, what that's... that is, but I don't think I trust it. Yeah, it's it's part of that learning experience. 
There was no grape involved in this. Fantastic. Can you please tell me about the Dead Sea? Well, the Dead Sea um, border, it, it divides Israel and Jordan. And um, we were there. We It was January still, um, rather cold, and I believe it was snowing on us. And in fact, when we were in Israel, it was the first time it had snowed in like 20 years up on the Gulan Heights. Schools were canceled everywhere. It was cold, and it snowed a little bit, but it was not what I would call even a snowstorm. But it was a big thing for Israel um, to have that snow up there. Um, and so the day we were down at the Dead Sea and we were going to get to go swimming in it, uh, it was extremely cold and it was spitting uh, snowflakes. Um, but yes, I did go do it. It was amazing. Um, it's just a, a, something I'd always wanted to do. You never float? Through it. You do definitely float. You reach down in there and you take some of that mud and you smather it on your face and, <laughs> and wash it off. And uh, the water itself was not that cold, um, but getting out and getting dressed was a little, little mm. chilly. And because the Jordan River has been cut off from flowing into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea is receding um, mm. significantly. And um, that that meant we had a lot longer to walk from the um, shoreline up to the changing rooms. <laughs> but it was worth it. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was really something exciting to do. And I believe you, you caught a lot in your the natural net of your hair. Yes. And there may or may not be a little vial of it. There is a little vial of it. Like, uh, no little, longer than your pinky. Yeah. Little uh, salt crystals mm -hmm. um, that I brought back with me. Yes. <laughs> I like the ingenuity of that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so two more questions that I have is there was, um, they had just barely uncovered uh, I believe it was an, a very old church um, dedicated to a woman. Can you tell me about that? Magden was not even officially open yet. And that was um, back over towards um, Tiberias. We were the first group to get to go and wander around the site. And that again had to do with um, Marianne's connections with the tour guide. Um, what was the church called again? Magda. M-A-G-D-O-N, I think. Magdon. Magda. I think it's Magdon. Magda. Magdon. I'd have to look at my book to get it correct. But it okay. was Sounds believed to be, um, the, the, it's the first discovered um, women's or synagogue devoted to a woman, not just a woman's synagogue. But there were stories that, that there were synagogues that were devoted to women that, had not been recognized um, as of yet. This one, they're uncovering enough information to support that. Wow. Yeah, so that was very cool. Yeah. And it was definitely a synagogue and just not just like an odd cave. No, it was definitely a synagogue. It definitely had enough uh, markings on it and history to support um, who it was dedicated to. Yeah. Um, also, when we were there, they had just opened up the Wailing Wall uh, portion of it to allow women to pray uh, directly at the wall. Um, That's huge. Yeah, that was very significant uh, change. So, did you touch it? Got to touch it. Did you like it? 
Uh, I did not lick it. I did put my little prayer note up in the crevice, which is a thing everybody does. Is it like a wish where you can't tell people what you prayed for? That is oh, okay. correct. I yes. won't ask that. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't lick it. That seems unsanitary. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't lick anything, especially now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you, I had a friend who was identifying rocks, and I'm totally tangenting right now, but uh, he was identifying rocks um, for his geology test, mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, I don't know what this one is, and I looked at it, and then I was like, well, it's not very salty, and like looked at it. <laughs> well, if I knew where the rock came from, I might, but, right. you know, 40-ton rocks are what make up the Wailing Wall. That's a good it, point. Like, and, did, was it carved out? Was it part of a no, mountain? I believe was it brought there? It It's the base of uh, King David's temple. So these these were, would have been hauled in. They were massive stones. Yeah, it's very tall. Yeah. Isn't it? How tall yeah, you Yeah, well, this is? is just because the Wailing Wall is only what's left uh -huh. of the temple. How tall? How tall would you say it was? Did it make you feel short? Oh my goodness, yes. Yes, definitely. But, but yeah, so ballpark. I know. I'm not. Very tall? Really tall? Could a giant hop more? over it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's very tall. It was very tall. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I, I, two stories at least. Wow. It's just a wall. And it's just the wall that's left from the temple, yeah. I bet now they have like a lot of structures to kind of hold it up or no, no, wow. there, I didn't see anything protecting it. It's not there. And that's another this. thing that amazes me is so many of the buildings, um, the old Colosseums and uh, Roman sites that we went to were not reinforced. They were just built to withstand the elements, um, you know, walking on cobblestone roads that were built by the Romans is incredible. Now we've gone out to places and walked the wagon, the wagon train ruts. And our pavement out there <laughs> lasts um, one winter. Yeah. And I think okay. that's why the wagon ruts lasted longer than the, the paved highways around here. But Roman roads, that was pretty, that's, pretty impressive. Yeah. Thank you for not stealing a cobblestone from the yeah. Roman roads. Cause and then the other thing was the mosaics that were everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and just people know, are walking over it. People are just walking on them. They were beautiful. And, and the book's got a lot of pictures in there of the mosaic tiles that were everywhere that were just oh. gorgeous and have held up over time. The last artifact that I wanted to ask you about was something that you didn't get to see specifically, but um, they were showing a very old scroll yeah, they, when we were at the Wailing Wall, um, several of the men went into the men's prayer room and they were just looking around and then um, a, a group had, had come in from one side to the other and they were moving the Jewish Bible um, to put it in a place where uh, some other scholars were going to study it. Um, very, very few people have ever had an opportunity to see the Jewish Bible, the original Golden Scrolls. And Lynn was there, got to see him. Uh, I know when when the tour guide and the pastor found out about it, they were just 
astounded that they hadn't cleared everybody out of there when they were bringing those scrolls out because it is um, a very, very um, religious um, event. Mm -hmm. And it was a surprise to have members of the public be allowed to stay in the room when they were moving those scrolls. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I still want to know, like, so it was probably engraved and then also probably maybe painted or? Well, Lynn's got a picture. It's not oh, okay. great, but you can see there are definitely um, engravings on it. It's It looks like it's raised um, lettering mm -hmm. and stuff. Fascinating. Must have been beautiful. Yeah, just it, and and Lynn at the time was like, I don't know what it was, but it was so cool. We were just all <laughs> staring at it, and people were taking pictures, which again amazes me that they were allowed to take pictures of it. And yeah, stuff, so. yeah. Gotta ask, were you a little jealous? A little jealous? I, I did a little jealous. Yeah, I was. But yeah. again, I was happy to get to actually touch the Wailing Wall and some of the other things that we didn't think we were going to be able to do when we. Yeah started out on the trip. So, so maybe in another 10 years, you can yes. see that. Yeah. <laughs> and just the, the other thing, you know, the conflicts that are going on in Israel. And we thought at one point the trip was going to get canceled because the fighting um, along the Gulan Heights had started up again. And when we were out there, um, we did see, uh, not see, but you could hear... Um, explosions and gunfire and you know that's where Syria and Lebanon and Israel are all up there in a very tight corner and um, there it, that was scary because there were notices everywhere about landmines and um, that was unnerving. Why is there a separation of genders like it sounds like it's not deeply enforced um, I have a friend, Inbal, who doesn't seem very, seem to be bothered by the separation of genders, but it does seem to be like still a, a relic that's somewhat enforced, um, like a cultural relic. And I, I, do you understand why that happens or it, cause it feels to me and it seems like it could be interpreted as a lack of trust. In, in women to do something wrong? And, um, I hate to say too much, but my understanding is it has more to do with the um, uh, the more strict Jewish uh, groups, mm. um, which, you know, go back to women being unclean mm. um, more than not being intellectually capable or strong enough. It's because uh, of the whole Eve deal. Religious beliefs that, yes. Yeah. That, that women are... are um, it's weird that the people making the rules decided that they were clean. That seems... That's probably nothing, though. I, <laughs> that You know, that's just tough. And especially <laughs> Israel, I think, does an amazing job because there are so many religions that claim that as their... Um, birthplace. Mm -hmm. Judaism, Christianity, Islam, um, these are not religions that are really in sync. And yet uh, Jerusalem, I think, makes a very um, strong effort to try to balance all of that. I'm thinking there's 12 different quarters that are assigned to different religious um, aspects. 
all in that old city of Jerusalem. And that is a lot of people to try to keep happy. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't work all the time. But I do think they try very hard to honor that and be aware of those things. Um, and that's constantly a struggle. We don't do it great here in America. Uh, and we don't have that huge conflict that they have there. Well, I mean, we do, but not, not everybody calling it your birthplace. I mean, you right. look at all these churches with different religious affiliations, all trying to grab a small piece of land. And that's pretty intense. Mm -hmm. It is. So the trip was amazing. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, I'd go again. Um, it was very nice. I would just go for fresh figs. I want to see a fig tree. The fig trees were very cool. And just seeing oranges and um, the lemons and the persimmons. And yeah. again, we left here in the middle of winter to go over <laughs> there. And it was, it was just, it was cold. We wore coats and, and the wind blew all the time, but it was still amazing. Nice. So I would love to go back and maybe spend some time in Tel Aviv <laughs> as well. So. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that there again, that's a country that two thirds of the population live right in there. Tel Aviv. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing when you go out and you, you um, go to all these other places and there's way smaller communities there. You got me thinking about like other countries that do that, but that seems like an unnecessary tangent. That is really cool though. Um, thank you so much for sharing about your trip. The last question I have as usual is what is something you're hopeful about? I'm hopeful that People will continue to travel and explore no, new places. Um, a lot of the people we met in our trip over there had been to the U.S. Mm -hmm. I would say well over two-thirds of them had traveled outside of Israel and been to other places. And I think that's incredible. Um, they asked all kinds of wonderful questions about Montana, which surprised me. Of course. Some of them were a little funny because they still thought maybe we had some cowboys and outhouses. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, it it was it was very pleasant to interact with people. I think travel is important, um, and I think people like to travel. And, and I think now that COVID's uh, winding down a little bit more, we can uh, resume that. And I think that will help people's attitude and and compassion for each other is through travel. So thank you for interviewing me. I'm very honored. Thanks for sharing. So. <laughs>